someday I have to stand up for myself. Someday is today, Finn. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And for this episode, we actually have a couple of guests, and we're going to be talking about the brand new movie, The Black Phone, which is based on a Joe Hill short story from... 2004. 2004. Um, And like I mentioned, we have two guests. We have my son, Ethan. Say hi, Ethan. Hello there. Hi. Anybody who listens to Brief and Not So Brief, and there aren't many people out there who do, uh, you'll recognize Ethan's voice. <laughs> <laughs> the few, the proud. Yeah. Indeed. And then we also, as our remote guest, we, we have a returning guest, Jonathan Watkins from Cinecins, uh, who joined us for the Body Snatchers remakes, right? So, hey, Jonathan. Right. Yeah, hey, how's it going, guys? Going good. So, anything new in Cinecins land? Um, since God, how long ago was I on? I'm trying to remember. Uh, uh, we started a new channel, I think, after that uh, commercial sense. So we've got that going. That's right. Uh, but yeah, no, we're just we're we're releasing our video. We got a video just about every day of the week uh, is popping up on one of the channels. So wow, uh, just a lot of work. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so usually we start off by talking about like if there's any history with this material, and you know that's kind of something we don't need to talk about with a brand new movie. Right. <laughs> um, but with the story, I don't know. Had anybody here read the story previous to this? Nope. Nobody? Nope. I thought I had. No, I I, I hadn't. But apparently I hadn't. Okay. <laughs> so so from there, like in order to, to kind of justify even mentioning this, has anybody ever read anything by Joe Hill? Oh, yes. Oh. Yes, I have. Yep. The Fireman, uh, Parts of Horns. Oh. Okay. Okay. Cool. Nice. Uh, what, Jonathan, you said you had read some Joe Hill. Yeah, I've I've read Horns, um, and uh, what was the one? It's like the license plate. Uh, it's like the it's the one they made the TV yeah. show. Uh, yeah, Nose Four Eight Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read both of those, <laughs> and then when I found out Black Phone was coming out, I did pick up the the short story collection, Twentieth Century Ghost, that it's in, and I've I've read about half okay. of them. So. Okay, cool. One funny thing about the Nose Four Eight Two. Yeah, yeah. The UK version of it is Nose Four R Two. Because when, really? you, when you print, when you pronounce it out loud, it's still oh, Nosferatu, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes oh. more sense. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. And trivia about Joe Hill, in case anybody doesn't know, he has he has a, a particular person he's related to. <laughs> it's what? a big name. <laughs> Does anybody not know that? I didn't know that until I, I remember seeing one of his books and. and I don't out. know that. We you don't, don't know this? Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, enlighten James. Colin. <laughs> he's Stephen King's son. Stephen and Tabitha. Really? Yeah, Stephen and Tabitha wow. King. Oh. Why is his last name not King then? Uh, because he did not want... He wanted oh, to be I judged on his own yeah. merits yeah. at sure. first. Right, right. Although it didn't take long oh, for people he to... He did tell me this a while. Now that I mentioned it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sounds like the whole plot of Creed. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, his, his, he has another son that writes Owen, but he goes by Owen King, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and any of the success he has, he's Owen King for that? <laughs> oh, there you go. Hey, I got my son on this podcast. I can't get away with no dad jokes, of course. Uh, so, does anybody want to, as we kick off the discussion for this, um, who wants to tackle what the kind of broad stroke story is? Anybody? We could have planned this ahead of time. That would have been one, <laughs> right. one way to approach this. I'll, I'll take a, a stab at it. If I wander too much, no, make, Colin's, stop Colin's me. the story guy. So. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> uh, there is a serial killer in a town in the 1970s. And a kid is afraid that he's going to be caught, and he does get caught. And it's the story of 
um, his imprisonment in the the basement of this guy's house and what happens to him to the end. <laughs> Did they mention actually the time frame in the story? In the, the yeah, the short story. I don't I don't know if it mentions it's I don't the think 70s. it did. So oh, you botched I the story, Sammy. No, I would have sworn it <laughs> mentioned botched the broad the 70s. strokes. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had the technology. <laughs> I mean, it definitely doesn't mention like any technology or anything that I mean. Right. I don't know. No. I can't. When I read it before yeah. the movie, I don't know if I felt like it was in a certain time period or not. I don't remember. And so, see, I think I was spoiled by the movie and no, having the time period. I when I was mm-hmm. reading, I was getting like all the characters from the movie in my head is how I saw everybody. Except for the fat man, I guess. I was like, oh, <laughs> he's fat in this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, continue, Colin. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is pretty That's much pretty it. Much it. Yeah, yes. It yeah. Oh, I did want to mention, I, I, was, I said I was going to do this at the top. You know, we're going to go full spoilers on this because this is a, a very short story. Mm-hmm. Um, takes It's a single sitting story for right. most most people, maybe not for Ethan. Um, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you have any beverage while you were... Reading it? If I did, I don't remember. So okay. it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not okay. sure. You either drank so much or so little that you don't remember. <laughs> um, but it's also, you know, a brand new movie. It's in theaters. Mm. I, I'm just going to say off the top, big recommend from me. Um, yeah. I think, oh, yeah. I, I yeah, think yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. kind of I thought it was a great movie. agrees with that. So, yeah. Don't let us spoil you on this. Go check it out because it's awesome. So yeah. Go watch the movie. Come back. <laughs> right. Right. Pretty much. I mean, it's currently in theaters. It's getting good reviews. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, It's actually doing really well at the box office. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not a super big budget. I, I think, mm-hmm, and so. I, I think it got released on VOD today. I think. Really? Oh, interesting. Wow. That were I think okay. so. It's like the you know it's the nineteen ninety nine whatever the PVOD or whatever they call it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's it's cheaper than going to the movie theater, but uh, not yeah, not like it's on Prime for three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It's eighty two percent on Tomato Meter. So yeah, for a horror, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, despite saying that we don't necessarily need to talk about the things separately, um, what did you think of the oh, story? Right. I mean, so I saw the movie first before reading the story. Mm-hmm. James, you also correct the same, and yeah. Ethan the same. Yep. Colin the same. I read it first. You read it first, okay. And then Jonathan, you said you had read the story before. Before I did. I I I read it first. I read it a couple of weeks before I saw it, and then uh, and then I actually read it again once I found out I was going to be doing this, uh, just okay. to refresh my you know, what, what was the same, which is pretty much everything's in the movie that's, <laughs> that's in the story mm, yeah. for the most part. So, yeah. So that, that's kind of what I want to ask um, you in particular, Jonathan, and then you Colin, what were your expectations for what would the, what would be in the movie based on that very brief story? Um, so Jonathan, why don't you go ahead? Um, Did you have any thoughts? I, I, it's interesting. I, I, I thought the story was fine when I read it. Uh, I think I like the story better now that I've seen the movie there's things in the story like like the the sister who and I don't want to I guess we don't get too much into it but the sister who plays a pretty big part in the movie she's like mm-hmm. in the story so little I don't even know why she's mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's kind of like there's so even though it's a short story it's like I don't know what is it 18 20 pages maybe Something I, like I didn't that, yeah. count. But um Oh, and by the way, you guys were talking about eating and drinking. I was actually, when I was reading it, I was eating scrambled eggs with my hands and drinking a bottle of Sprite. So, um, <laughs> As one does. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. question we always ask James because a lot of his reading is uh, chemically enabled in a lot yes. of ways. Yes, chemically enhanced. <laughs> yes. <Right. laughs> and the, and the, the, but the scrambled eggs and the Sprite aren't in the book either. It's very, it's very upsetting. Uh, but, uh, that's true. That's yeah, true. no, I don't really know. 
I I don't really know what I was expecting. I will say this. I I'm I don't know that I'm a huge fan of Scott Derrickson, but the couple of horror movies he did before this, I liked fine, which was uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose and, and Sinister. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess I was expecting something a little like those. I thought this was actually probably better than those, at least by a little bit. I thought, and I was a little concerned too, because a lot of the times, especially with his father's short stories, uh, Stephen King's short stories, they get turned into these like just terrible movies like Children of the Corn and Mangler <laughs> and Maximum yeah. Overdrive, which King actually directed. Um, but so I was a little more concerned than anything else. Uh, but I was it was I liked the movie better than the story for sure. OK, um, n- not to say I didn't like the story, but um, right. My expectations. Uh, I mean, my expectations were met and then some, I guess. OK. Okay. What about you, Colin? I mean, did you have a list of things you were looking for in the in the movie? You know, I'm always looking to see how canonical these things are. Yeah. And in the front of my head is the Stephen King maxim. Yeah. You know, 112 pages is, is optimum for a two-hour movie. So I'm wondering where the extra hundred pages of this story come from. Right. <laughs> and so I'm I'm you know thinking, oh, how does this work? And this reminded me so much of going from the novella of the Ender's Game to the novel of Ender's Game. Right. That uh, I was I was really impressed by it. Yeah, I thought it was very well adapted. Uh, bringing the sister more into the forefront of the story, mm-hmm. bringing in the backstory, uh, adding in the whole supernatural aspect in it of it from their family, right, was incredible. Yeah, um, it, it's almost it's kind of hinted at in the story. I think in a few ways, although I don't know if that's me projecting back through the movie into the story because mm-hmm. you know she she does find the black balloons and. Uh, Bruce tells tells him tells Finney that you know tell your sister that she found the black balloons and yeah. he has no idea what that means right and Finney was the one that just happened to live long enough and right yeah he Finney does at one point he makes a comment or he's thinking I guess but he does say something like his sister sometimes I can't remember if he says I think he might call her psychic I can't remember but he said that Sometimes she knows things, but it's like, it's barely mentioned. And then it just kind of goes away until you hear that black balloon. Yeah. Yeah. There's the whole, he drew all the cards and she knew what they all were. And yeah, that's what Mm -hmm. it was. With the stethoscope up to her head, up to his head. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) With Peter Venkman there ready to administer an electric shock if he got him wrong. wrong. (laughs) And, And you also get a little bit, you learn enough to know that the dad's probably not super nice I, I i got the impression was the mom still around in the story though in the story yeah they yeah both, both I, I don't think the they story. say yeah. either way but i just know he mentions his parents fighting at one point mm. uh but obviously the movie yeah. goes into way more depth with uh with the parental situation yeah i mean picking up on what you said colin about ender's game was i was listening to orson scott card talking about adapting Ender's Game to be the prequel for Speaker for the Dead in novel form. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, he had learned from someone, I can't remember who he said it was, that you don't just puff up absolutely everything in the story. You start before you end after it. Um, this one, mm-hmm. it ends just a tiny bit after where the story ends, but it does a lot to kind of beef up and understand and make you understand who the characters are. Yeah. Um, and like you said, Jonathan, it pulls on a couple threads where it's like, there's a, here's this thing that's mentioned right. in passing in the story. Let's beef that up a little bit. Let's, like you said, Colin, talk about, you know, introduce a family yep. history of psychic phenomena. Um, because that explains both the sister's dreams and the fact that Finney was the first one to be able to actually hear anything from people on the phone. Because right. in the movie, it talks about, did you 
did you answer the phone? And he, they, they said, you're the first one who got to actually talk to someone. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And the biggest praise for this movie, I, I think the cast is great, um, particularly the two kid leads, especially mm-hmm. the sister. She oh my is goodness. absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, that scene where, and, and I want to talk to you about a comment you made to me, Colin, um, where the dad is whooping her with the belt, right? Because of her dreams mm-hmm. and trying to get her to say they're just dreams. Um, she just, she really goes to an interesting place in that scene. Um, I mean, it looked absolutely genuine. And, and I felt like, is this abuse <laughs> going on? You know, I, I was thinking of like Stanley Kubrick and, um, I can't remember the name of the actor from from The Shining, but who played the wife. the kid? No, the wife. Oh, the wife. Yeah, um, where Shelley you know, Duvall. He, Shelley Duvall. Where he absolutely terrorized her to get her to go to some places that she ended up in that movie. Wow. Um, oh, but uh, boy. but yeah, those <laughs> her in particular, like that's an absolute highlight of the movie for me. But the the main kid is also really really good, mm-hmm. and then Ethan Hawke is always good. <laughs> <laughs> Although you really don't get to see him through the whole movie. Right. Yeah, that's true. All of his acting is through his eyes, his body posture, and, his and the tone of his voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And kudos to the people that came up with the idea of changing the mask to change his mood. Yeah. That was yeah, cool. genius. I, I, I will <laughs> say that's that's one gripe I have with the movie, and I will, I'll come back to it at some okay. point later, because I want to focus on the positive at first. But um, yeah, anything else? I mean, Jonathan, anything else you want to talk about about the kind of general impressions uh, of the movie? No. I, um, I thought... Um, was he, he wasn't wearing a mask in this, in the story though, right? Right. No, no, I don't, I don't remember them mentioning that. So I thought that was interesting that they, and I'm glad they added that. It's and yeah. like you were talking about the showing the different moods and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then just that image of him sitting up there uh, with that belt <laughs> was just, <laughs> yeah. Insanely yeah, no shirt. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. The, 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 the seed you're talking about with the, uh, with the dad and the daughter, though that mm-hmm. that that got me. I, I I mean, I think being a father of a little girl, uh, just I don't know, just imagining like my daughter being in, being that upset. I don't know. It was just mm-hmm. that's a lot sometimes for me in movies yeah, yeah. like this. So. Yeah, absolutely. The one that, that really got me was not the one where he's hitting her with the belt. It's where he's walking past her door, and you never get to see him, but you know he's walking because the sound of him the mm-hmm. footsteps in the hallway, yeah. and how she reacts to that. Mm-hmm. The, the look on her face, her body posture, how she tenses up, mm-hmm. that was amazing. Yeah. Because in, in that instant, you know that they are used to being abused. And that's what they expect to happen. Yeah. And then when he passes on, there's such a tangible amount of relief in her. In her mm-hmm. That's um, what. Do you remember what you said to me after we got out of the movie? That's my story. Well, no, you, you said, because I said, you know, that movie wasn't really that scary. And, <laughs> and <laughs> Colin's like, if that movie wasn't scary to you, you had a very different childhood than I did. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's true, right? Very different yeah. relationship with, with my father in particular. Um, because like all of that was very foreign to me mm-hmm. and I didn't even really pick up on it. I like, I didn't resonate with it as much as, as you guys are talking about. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is, it is really effective. And I'm glad I saw the movie twice. Cause then I was, I was able to kind of look for that stuff and go, Oh yeah, it's there. Yeah. And Jeremy Davies plays the, the father. He does a really good job playing an absolute mm-hmm. lush. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A broken man. Yeah, totally. Yep. What about you, James? Talk about the movie. The movie? Hmm. I was going to talk about the story first, actually. Okay, go for it. <laughs> you can talk about the story. I'll talk about the movie. Yeah, there you go. go. Okay. There you go. Uh, because I was, I was curious. Um, I was going to ask Colin about this, but I'll just go ahead and go with it. Seeing the movie first, kind of, for me, I think tainted reading the story. Because hmm. uh, I kept looking for things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
the 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 sister, for example, each is kind of already brought up where she was hinted at. And I kept waiting for her to do more. Yeah, yeah. But she never did anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, okay. And so I don't know, maybe I don't know if this is because I saw the movie first and read the bit later, but I kind of found the story to be a little slow. Okay. But what I did like in the story was the way that they described all of uh, Finney's, Finney? Finney's um, impressions of his environment, where mm. like because he was drugged, he felt like he was underwater. Yeah, or yeah. or when he was get when he was basically thrown into the basement, it was like going down a coal chute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was a uh, interesting uh, illustrations of the, of the mm-hmm. mind with the way that they described it. That's, so that was kind of like my my take on the story. So I, I kind of liked mm-hmm. it from that perspective. I don't know if it was slow because it was slow or slow because I was waiting for the movie. I kept I felt like I was anticipating things to happen as the movie. You you were doing the opposite <laughs> of what Colin does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of where I was. Um, and as far as the movie goes, I think it's fantastic. I did. The, I think they did a great job of taking the content of the story of the book and expanding it into the movie, yeah. adding what they added, and still keeping everything in the book, book basically. But it's not hard to keep everything in the book because it's not mm-hmm. much there. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty canonical, as Colin yeah. would say. <laughs> so one thing I was going to mention up front is we were we were going to do Soylent Green for this month. Right? Oh, right. <laughs> and and then Ethan's like, hey, let's go see the Black Phone. And, and it was like a spur of the moment thing, like an hour mm-hmm. before the, the movie started. Like, right. let's go, let's go see it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really like horror movies, but okay, I'll go. To, my son wants to. Go I was to surprised movie. you went. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm doing? much more of a horror fan than you are. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, come on, let's do it. Yeah. And and so then once once I saw it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's adapted from a story. So I thought, okay, let's do just a, a bonus episode to take me to your reader. And then I reached out to Jonathan because I figured he's probably read this or or you know <laughs> seen the movie. And so that that's how it happened. And then then we're like, you know what? I, there's no way I'm getting through Soylent Green this month so let's mm-hmm. let's wait until next month where i will have been on a plane to europe a couple times and that'll give me plenty of time to get through that book um so that's that's how we're here but uh ethan movie yeah i i really enjoyed the movie i knew the director was the same person who did sinister mm-hmm. and then obviously ethan hawk being a star i was mm-hmm. like i'm pretty sure i'm gonna enjoy this yeah. and so going into it i was excited for it as a movie but then you mentioned to me hey read the short story right yeah. so i went and read it and I honestly had an easy time reading it because I could tell like at which parts, like how it compared through the through line to the movie. Yeah. Just because I was visualizing everything from mm-hmm. the movie perspective, um, which then I was looking as I was reading through it, like, oh, when is this going to end? Because I knew how the movie ended. <laughs> yeah. I was like, when is the, because I was getting to the end of the book. I was yeah. like, we need to wrap it up here soon. Yeah. And so it ending with the, you know, the calls for you or whatever the line yeah, is. Yeah, I was like, you. that's a pretty sweet ending. I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I do appreciate though how in the movie, it stuck out the runtime and was there mm-hmm. a little bit more because it had to finish the arc with her, with the sister because yeah. she mm-hmm. ends up finding the house where the bodies are buried, obviously. Yeah. And so I think finishing it off and adding a little bit more at the end mm-hmm. was good to contextualize the rest of the story that it developed. Like James Wynn's mentioning, taking stuff and yeah. making it bigger for the movie. I love the buildup of the traps mm-hmm. in, yeah, the, totally. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. So this is what I want to talk about, about in the story, the only real character development for the grabber, or is that what he's called? Yeah, the grabber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he's fat. Oh, well, yeah, one more question for Ethan. Go How much coercion did it take to get the short story? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. A pretty solid amount of coercion, because I'm not a huge reader. I'm trying to get back into it a little bit. But um, when he had mentioned it was a one-sit thing, I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I started reading it and fell asleep. Like, I was reading it at night. I felt like an idiot. Because like, I wanted to get through it, because I was enjoying it. And I was like, oh, I have to do this tomorrow. So I ended up reading it yeah. the next day. Um, the, the real thing, the real kicker was, Colin's like, hey, can you lend me a device with a story on it? <laughs> and, like, tomorrow. And so... So I was able to tell Ethan, hey, I need to get a device to it. And then I read it, and then Colin ended up finding it. 
Finding the finding audiobook, a, yeah. Yeah, another yeah. audiobook. It was the short story was a dollar ninety nine on Barnes and Noble Audio. Wow! Yeah. In fact, if you want to wow. borrow a device back and listen to it, the audio performance is really really good. The guy okay. does good voices. Nice. Oh, he, wow. he comes cool. across totally convincing as is Al the overweight pedophile. It's just mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Al the overweight pedophile. All I could think of was Toy Story two. <gasps> oh <laughs> yes, yeah. The guy played by Wayne and Wayne Knight voices him, so it's Newman from mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Basically, yeah, that's yes. that's what I was picturing. <laughs> just put on like a. A chicken costume or something and Dang. <laughs> and that it's not any less creepy um no mm-hmm. but yeah True. like that's the only thing about the the grabber you you know about him that he's fat and he kills kids mm-hmm. um but the story talks about how he's kind of slow-footed and that's how finney's able to get the best of him right well he has a little bit of like you know he's, he's got a power up <laughs> he does yeah but you can you can believe that he could he could get the drop on him somehow yeah um because he's not fleet-footed or anything whereas right. then in the movie you have ethan hawk who looks you know a little more formidable mm-hmm. and so it makes makes sense that like the traps that he ends up setting mm-hmm. were necessary for that confrontation um and so i really mm-hmm. i loved the second time in the movie i caught the thing where when the kid is uh the, the karate kid guy um yeah right <laughs> when he's <laughs> teaching him you know how to how to swing the the phone and he says to him you know use what we Use what we gave you. Mm-hmm. And so every time one of them told him to do something, like the first guy says, uh, you can pry up a tile and d- dig under, right? I think you need to roll it back. In the story, uh, Finney gets one phone call from Bruce. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the movie, he gets one phone call from every single person who had been killed by yeah. the grabber. Right. So he gets mm-hmm. kind of uh, some backstory on the grabber. He yeah. gets to understand all the kids. And every kid tells him something that they did in order to try and escape. Right. So, you know, I, I tried to climb up to the grate. I tried to get into the freezer. I tried I to dig under the foundation. tried to dig yeah. under the foundation. I found this wire going here. Yeah. And he and that's what we've been talking about. And none he, of those worked for, for them. And none of them worked for him. But right. they all built up to a Rube Goldberg <laughs> trap at the end. <laughs> yeah. Which is like they all built on one another. And the kid, the 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 second kid that gets killed in the movie, I don't. I mean, that character's not even in the story, right? Uh, but I thought that was very effective because you had this. This movie just did a really good job of setting stuff up, uh, really foreshadowing things yeah. because you have that mm-hmm. whole scene with those bullies, mm-hmm. yeah. And he gets he's getting his ass kicked, and then the the yeah. other that kid comes in and saves him, and so once that kid also gets kidnapped. You know, I'm I'm sure Finney's like, if that guy couldn't get out of it, right. you know, I'm screwed. <laughs> going to do it? You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that, that's even more so. like the Ethan Hawke character is is more formidable mm-hmm. in that, right? Because mm-hmm. even that kid couldn't couldn't get one over on him. And yeah, I like that that scene where it's like, don't go up the stairs because if you go up the stairs, then you're a naughty boy, and he can proceed to the next thing. So yeah, that that was cool. And that was a very tense scene when he goes up there. And like like oh, you yeah. said, Jonathan, right where he's sitting in that chair, just kind of breathing with the horned mask on, <laughs> mm-hmm. with the shirt off and with the belt across his Crazy, lap. Crazy creepy. Yeah. Well, I thought that was very effective because like you were saying, making him more of a more formidable appoint, opponent, mm-hmm. him sitting in that chair, like he's kind of like his muscles are bulging. He yeah. looks very intimidating, which up to the stakes because you're like um, if he gets caught he's screwed yeah, yeah <laughs> like, totally. he's gonna get beat <laughs> yeah which is true yeah um although he he doesn't mm-hmm. so another addition they make to the, to the movie over the story is finney escapes from the house right mm-hmm. and then he gets run down and then uh, uh oh, it's right. not al Wait, it's, it's, it's the grabber the grabber makes this threat which would like chill your bones. Yeah. And so he actually mm-hmm. goes back to the house and gets, you know, put back in there, but he never gets beaten. Well, he does get knocked out. He does get knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but the part about his about uh, out the grabber's brother being there and about him being a cokehead and mm-hmm. um, they made <laughs> him a conspiracy funny. theorist, <laughs> right. yeah, who was trying to track down the serial yeah, killer. He had like a murder board. Yep. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of weird, actually. I the the I know the brothers in the story too, and all that ends the same. But obviously, those extra scenes with the brother talking to the cops and all that stuff wasn't in the story. But yeah, I don't know. I had a harder time buying that the brother didn't find him before he did since they showed him doing all that stuff, I, I don't know. That just seemed weird to me that, uh, but yeah. I mean, that's not a huge negative by any means. And I love James, James Ransone who plays the brother. He was actually in, uh, the, I think it chapter two, he was mm. one of the kids that was when he was older. Um, wow. he's a, he's a fine actor and I liked seeing him in it, but I don't know that part of the story. I just had a hard time with, like I bought that there's kids talking to him on a black phone before I bought <laughs> that the brother <laughs> hadn't realized something was, someone was in the basement, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that—that's a good point. I mean, it, the movie kind of establishes that he maybe hasn't been there all that long. Um, yeah, uh, maybe he has. I don't know. He's been crashing in his. And that—that's fair. Maybe he hadn't been because in the book, I think it specifically says two weeks, and I could have been projecting that. Yeah. Uh, Although he's got the murder you know, board, and that takes movie. some time. Although if, if you're on coke, right. it goes fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once they said that he was a cokehead, and I knew he was a cokehead from the story, I just kind of discounted him saying, yeah, you're not going to do anything productive. Mm -hmm. Your job is to uh, slow things down and to uh, distract the grabber at the very end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the ending is fantastic. You know, when when, when he (sighs) gets in there, like he's he's got the drop on him, and then the phone rings. And and it ends the same way as the story, right? It's for you. Um, And then Mm -hmm. it it repeats all the – it kind of recontextualizes things that the phone callers had said to Finney. You know, his arm is mint, right? Yeah. Today is the day. Yeah. <laughs> and then they brought in the dog. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like everything that he tried to do, like to try and break uh, into yeah. the, the, the freezer, right? That that let him get past the dog. So like every, every one of these things was a little mission, that, a side quest that yep. you had to finish yep. in order to, to solve the puzzle <laughs> to beat the, the boss. Oh, wait. Actually, I forgot, though. In the movie, he's actually in the house across the street, right? So the maybe daughter, that's why the brother doesn't know. Yeah, the daughter finds the one across the street where the dead bodies are the, yeah, buried. Yeah, the house across the street is where they buried the bodies. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it's, that's it's right. Empty. So he's in yeah. the house with the brother. Yep. Okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I, and the, I the movie does now. pan down from the upstairs into the basement at some point. So it, it tells you yeah. that yeah. they are in the same house. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I just misremembered. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention the little girl. Uh, her name is Madeline McGraw, who plays Gwenny and and. She steals every scene she's in. I love that one when she goes back and seriously, Jesus, what the f- <laughs> Who hasn't oh, said that? Amazing. Yeah. The little dollhouse pairs. Yeah, there's a mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Um and then Finney is played by Mason Thames. Um first time Thames. I think. Oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're both good. I- I'm really curious if Derrickson's got something uh he, he really likes to mix religion and horror. Um mm. I don't know if there's really that much of it in Sinister, but definitely in The Exorcism of Emily Rose and then in yeah, this. Yeah. And this. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't read a lot on like, his stuff, but I'm just curious. I, mean, I just noticed that's a theme he likes to he likes to bring up. Well, and then we just so. went through this, the Midnight Mass, the Flanagan series, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's not him, but very I think true. that's more of a – it's an aspect that we haven't mm-hmm. really engaged with as a culture very much, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure. I was wondering, in the movie – there's an early scene where they pass uh, like the new poster that the parents of the missing baseball player mm, Bruce. Uh, have, have put up Bruce. Yeah. Right. Um, and Finney says, you know, he doesn't want to talk about the grabber and, and she, Gwenny says, you don't think they'll find them. No, no, that's right. Finney says, you don't think they'll find them. Do you? And, and she, she says, says yeah. not the way they want to. 
And and I wondered <laughs> if this is, you know, if that's revealing that she's had some dreams about, you know, what's happened to them. Yeah. I don't know. So there's an aspect to that that's really interesting. Uh, I really enjoyed the story. It was short. It was impactful. The movie had so much more content to it. It was more developed. Leaving that movie, I wanted to know what happened to their mom that made her want to commit suicide or why did she die? And then I want to know what happens to the two kids and the dad going on because that's Mm -hmm. not the end of their story. No, definitely not. This is like a checkpoint. So it turns out sometime during the production, Joe Hill pitched a sequel to the director. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I really hope they they pick it up. I think it'd make a great, Mm -hmm. a great sequel. I think it's made enough money to, you know, deserve one. So by the, by the studio standards. Yeah. Especially if you're only pumping $10 million into each one and you pull out 10 times that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I started writing up my notes right after Ethan and I saw it for the first time and it already made $40 million, like in the first couple of weekends. Wow. Against Mm -hmm. an $18 million budget. So modest budget. Well, it's also going up against a lot of other heavy hitters in the box office. Yeah. When you consider what else is being released right right about now. Mm -hmm. And so it was pretty cool to see it, you know, make that much money considering it's competition. Yeah. Yeah, like you were saying, Colin, at the end, you have the, the scene where, you know, Finney rescues himself. Um, right. And it's nice that the cops are there and, and Gwenny brought them to, you know, the across the street house. And so so they rescue them both. And then the dad comes up. But you can see the way they're holding each other. They're basically saying, like, it's you and me. <laughs> you know, this guy doesn't actually matter. And oh, dad, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I like that a lot because they're not hugging the dad. They're hugging each other. Right. Yeah. They're. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're listening to them, but they're not, you know, they know, uh, you think they at least have an idea in their head that, you know, in a f- couple of weeks, it'll just all go back to the way it was. Yep. Except the kids at school are probably going to stay clear. That, yeah. yeah so talking about character. <laughs> probably be, they'll probably be doing better at school. Yeah. That, that bullies were, I don't know. I, I just, I, that almost feels like, cause I don't think the bullies are in the story either. Are no. they? I don't no. think they no. are. Cause I don't think we really. We really read it because he gets kidnapped pretty quickly. Like if I remember in the story, correctly. yeah, we don't we don't get much outside the kidnapping and out of the story. Yeah. yeah. So, and I know it's not it's Stephen King's son, <laughs> but <laughs> it still felt very Stephen King esque yeah. to have those bullies in there. But I don't know. I I think I liked it better than I normally do. But I'm just school bullies is just a a a, a, a like a. Like a, like a trope. A, yeah. A trope. Yeah. That I'm just, I'm getting a little tired of for, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, just cause a kid goes to school doesn't mean they have to be bullied. I don't know. It's just, yeah, I don't know, but I, I think they it, were a little less stereotypical. I feel like I guess, it lends to the are. story arc for Finney though. Yeah. You know? It does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. It yeah. gives him a chance to go from being, you know, victimized at home, victimized mm-hmm. at school. He's been really victimized, victimized by the right. serial, <laughs> the, yeah. the serial killer. And he's either going to die or he's going to, come out of this right yeah and so by learning from what all these other kids did and going through his own decisions about you know how what he's going to yeah. do and what he chooses to do and what he chooses to believe in and then Susanna's story because she's gwen in the book and she's Susanna yeah. in the in the movie yeah <laughs> um, for her to go from i know what i see and i know that it's true and i have to swallow it to avoid being you know assaulted by my dad mm-hmm. to if i don't find my brother if i don't try and help find my brother what am i going to say to myself in the future yeah, yeah. or if, you know, if, if she doesn't embrace her powers <laughs> yeah we're not gonna find her brother right rather than letting it beat down and then to finney's point i mean uh like if the Spana, hispanic kid couldn't do it how am i gonna do it yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i also really mm-hmm. liked how at the end of the movie he starts calling himself by the nickname that the the fighter gave him i can't remember the character's name now the guy who beat up the bully what's the character's name? robin isn't it so yeah robin he, yep, he calls him 
Finn. Finn. And he at the end of the movie, he's like, oh, just call me Finn. I like that because he's like embracing uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 his yeah, new yeah. self, oh. you know? Well, he walks into that. Oh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah, he walks into that into that school just with a... Nice grin. A big old swinging dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he walks right up to his, his uh, science partner. partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi, I'm Finn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whole new aura about him. That, awesome. All that all that trauma's gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to think. He's good to go. <laughs> might need some therapy in the future. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so can we talk about my one gripe? My... Only I'm not one? even. I'm not waiting for permission. <laughs> no, I'm the we guy cannot. who ed- edits this thing. So, um, <laughs> the the masks. I feel like there is, a, you know, a two and a half hour edit of this movie where we find out what the deal is with the masks, mm-hmm. and that like that stuff was shot and it was cut um, because it like it. I could foresee like they had done all that and then they're like, eh, that's a little too close to split. So how much of that do we need to keep? Um, because there's the scene, um, the first time we see him, it's the same scene from, from the story where he drops right. the eggs and stuff. You know? right. yeah. And he has face paint on. So that's not his, his normal face, right? He's got, his face is painted. So it's like a mask. And then every other time we see him with a mask on. And at the end, when he falls down that pit and, you know, turns his ankle and everything. And he rips the mask off his face. Exactly. And he's horrified. He's yeah. wounded. Right. Yeah. He's exposed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's not very well developed. Like, why Why is that a thing? I don't think it needs to be. It's just I feel like there's enough yeah. clues in there that I'm like, was there another, is there another edit of this movie that explains that? Hmm. I don't know that I want the explanation, but, but I like, feel like it lays it in enough seeds I mean, to, for me to go. Are you saying the, the movie doesn't explain the masks? Yeah. Yeah. Is that... Yeah, I mean, I just... I mean, no, I agree with you. It doesn't. I just... I figured it was just an aesthetic choice. You know, they just... Thought it looked creepy. Yeah, that could be. I mean, I, I think it could also conveys it gives them a way to convey his mental instability. Yeah, because his personality or, seems right. to change. Well, yeah, that's true. Because you said all the yeah the emotions and whatnot mm-hmm. on his mask. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's it, a good point. It's not as severe as the changes with uh, in Split, just because you, you know you right. don't have the mm-hmm. James McAvoy <laughs> playing the little kid <laughs> and the, the very proper woman and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could have also just been like time constraint for the film, like the, mm-hmm. the studios like for this horror movie, we need to be shorter. Right. And they're like, yeah. well, if we have to cut something, this is what we're going to cut, yeah. which makes sense considering yeah. the movie. It, and this is, this is definitely not me saying, you know, give me longer movies. I love a shorter it. movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I would have gladly watched a little more of it, but the fact is the movie absolutely moves and that's great. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Most of the critiques that I read about the movie mm-hmm. are that the pacing was too slow. And that oh. anytime you cut away from Finn oh. to, Stephanie or the police officers or anybody else, mm-hmm. you've just changed the entire tempo of the movie. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I don't um, think I agree with that. Yeah, no, yeah, I didn't either. I, didn't I liked really the, that. Yeah. I was invested in all the, the cuts away. I liked that the movie took its time to, cause I mean, we cared a lot more about Finn, mm-hmm. yeah, Finny when he was in, you know, I, I, and we really were rooting more for his sister because we, we kind of knew them at that point a little better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I thought that, that was, that was actually a positive for me for sure. It gave them more time to put more phone calls in, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? But it's, um, but at the same time, it's not like. But I would never consider this to be like a slow burn at all. Like no, this isn't no. this isn't the witch or Hereditary. Right. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, which and I and I like I like Hereditary, but I'm just saying, like, I like a slow burn. But I, there's no way I would consider this a slow burn. No, uh, there's always something going on. And you know pretty early on what's happening. I mean, slow burns are typically that's because they're building up to something. This isn't building up to anything. I mean, we know what's going on, you know. So, mm-hmm. at least not traditionally, I guess it's not building yeah. up. 
the movie is set in 1978, by the way. You, you had mentioned the uh, the time frame. And the, the, the yeah. story, I don't think, mentions <laughs> it. But, like, I watched, I looked for it in the, uh, when the dad opens the newspaper at, oh. at the very beginning. On the, the second viewing, I, I was like, okay, I want to watch. Oh, 1978, there we go. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, also a, the, the, there's yeah. a movie. Aren't they go watching a movie at Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Sorry. <laughs> At some point, he's watching something on TV. Right? Yeah, they're they're yeah they're watching. I can't he's watching a creepy now. movie, right? While the dad's like asleep, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But between the the TV technology and the cars, yeah, it was not modern day. No, no, right. absolutely. No, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, no cell phones, and, and you know it reminds like all of all of us adults. I guess Ethan's an adult; he's twenty, but it, he's <laughs> he's my kid, so that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> like like. We remember like going out all day with, mm-hmm. you know, your parents would be like, check in every couple of hours, which meant you got right. a oh, pay yeah. phone or, you know, at a friend's house and like, hey, I'm still, I'm at Mark's yeah. house now or I'm at Chris's house now. Right. Um, and, you know, the the whole, all the stranger danger stuff that like Ethan grew up with, I, I don't really remember any of that. It was just kind of, you were, it was understood you'd be out on your own and uh, don't get into any strange, don't accept candy right. from strangers. That was, that was basically <laughs> it, right? <laughs> I mean, the Adam Walsh, do you, you remember Adam, the Adam Walsh? I mean, that when we were young, but like they had like TV movies about that and stuff. His dad's the one that started America's Most Wanted. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel like that was kind of the start of people paying more attention to stuff like that, but it definitely didn't kick in for, because I know in the eighties I was running all over the place and yeah, I mean, we got dropped off at an amusement park that was here. Like they would just drop, our parents would drop (laughs) us off at this amusement park and just leave us there all day. By yep. ourselves, nice. yep. it's crazy. <laughs> like to think, yep. I wouldn't. There's no way I'd drop my daughter off at an amusement park and leave her, you right. know, by herself. And <laughs> yeah, like I, I remember how things like, changed before Ethan was old enough to have a cell phone. Like we got walkie talkies, and so I'd be like, because we've got mm-hmm. like woods and stuff behind our house, and be like, just take the walkie talkies yeah. with us, and you know. Keep in contact. It's very strange to think about using a walkie-talkie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much. Of course, that the ones sounds like nineteen seventy-eight. Right. Yeah. Well, the, the ones that we, that uh, I gave him weren't like you know the size of an encyclopedia. So <laughs> exactly, like no, this cops is much better technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, better technology. So yeah, we got my daughter a phone early because she was doing gymnastics and she would just be at the gym for like four hours a night. So we weren't staying there. So. Yeah, I think she she got her All phone right. a lot earlier than most people. Yeah, uh, I think I'm paying the price for that <laughs> at this point. But right, uh, it seemed necessary at the time. <laughs> yeah. Anything else to talk about? Anybody else? Anybody have ha- have any notes? <laughs> nope. No, sir. I just feel like you know the. I think I posted something on Twitter. Like you know, this is a very interesting adaptation because because it's from mm-hmm. such a brief story that like all the changes that they made made perfect sense in the context mm-hmm. of the way the way the movie upped the stakes a little bit gave a little more backstory to the the whole phone thing introducing mm-hmm. the, the supernatural mother um and and that you you know you can kind of understand yeah. that in different methods of gifting for the daughter and the son so yeah i the, just thought the story really left cool. a lot of room and they did a good job yeah they could have not done a good job but they did right i mean the the, the opposite case of this is you know a 600 page novel that you're trying to adapt right. to 2 hours and that's really really difficult yeah well, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure we've we've had something where it was just so short that the movie took way too many liberties and just turned out terrible. I guarantee we have something like that. I'm sure we do. Yeah, or they, they just do. take the name and do something. They do like a right. lawnmower man, different. <laughs> or yes, I mean Stephen King sued them to get his name taken off. So I don't even think he uh, won. But yeah, 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 that's right. I saw that movie uh, in the theater. I, <laughs> 
Yeah, and then you read that short story, and it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's only like a 10 page story or something. It's just, you never, I mean, virtual reality wasn't a thing when you wrote that story. So, right, right, right. Well, they got hold of that. It's crazy. Like, yeah. But, and then, uh, but yeah, most of like, like, uh, like I already mentioned some, but like the Mangler, Maximum Overdrive, even those were like, I think they pretty much covered what was in the story, but they were still terrible. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember Hill, Hills, Hills already got a better track record with, <laughs> yeah, yeah. with one. <laughs> I mean, we, we've, we've covered it plenty of times on this podcast that just because you're, right. you're close to the source doesn't mean it's a good movie. And just because mm-hmm. you're far from the source True. doesn't mean it's a bad movie, but you know, there's different, there's all kinds of different ways to different make a bad opinions. movie. Eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It, it did bother me and I, I can see why they didn't do it. The, in the story, things are drawn out a little bit because uh, Al sprays wasp killer in his eyes and in his mouth. Right. Could have killed oh, him right yeah, there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it takes him a long time to recover from that. In fact, it mentions, mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, he felt like he was looking through the yeah. world through Coke Being bottom glasses because his yeah, eyes exactly. were all messed up. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can see why you wouldn't do that on a, in a movie because that would constitute child abuse, mm-hmm. even if it was all acted out. Yeah. They made him look just more groggy. Right. Like he had, he had dosed him with something mm-hmm. to, to knock him out. Yeah. Would that have been worse than the scene with the belt, though? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Good call. That I don't know. That scene with the belt <laughs> was a got me more scene. than, like, got me more than anything that I think the the grabber did, which is interesting. But because we didn't see the grabber like actually kill anybody, well, right. except for the the coked out mm-hmm. brother, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that they kept this line in there, by the way. there's a, the, My favorite bit in the story was in the movie, which they did a lot of the dialogue verbatim. Yeah. yeah. But I love when the brother finds him and then it says, do you want me to tell you how I found you? Right. <laughs> and then the kid's just like, no. Like, can you just get me out of here right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coca-Cola. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I forgot to mention that I actually really liked at the beginning of the movie was how I think two kids get taken, but they don't show it, right? They show mm-hmm. it, like, fades mm-hmm. off, yep. and, like, they pull up with a van. I like how the first time someone gets taken is Finney, and it's it's brief, but it's very – it's pretty graphic, right? Like, right, he, yeah. like, gets him, does the spray, yeah. and is in the car because mm-hmm. that's a lot more brutal with his character being the first one that you actually see get taken. Yeah. So I appreciate that it's touch. One of those great, it, it's one of those great yeah. things that horror movies can do where – because I think a lot of people say if it's, if it's too predictable, it doesn't work. But I think in horror movies, if you know what's going to happen to the character and they don't know, that, that makes it scarier, right? Because you're yeah. just like – Stay away from that guy. Like, no, don't do that. You know, <laughs> don't open that closet. Don't go help him. <laughs> don't ask if there's balloons and, yeah, in the back it's of the like, car. <laughs> yeah. If it's done well, that's one thing that horror movies seem to be able to get away with that a lot of other types of movies don't. It, it almost intensifies the fear, you know. Yeah. And uh, but I do agree. I like the. I think you just like the Bruce Yamada and the the Robin. I think you just kind of saw them walking down the street, right? And then mm-hmm. and then it would just cut away. Yeah, and the next day that was yeah that was posters really well going up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. The back sequences that that Stephanie has, or, or Susanna has, were, were interesting. Gwenny, Gwenny from the story, the dream sequences. Susanna in the movie. Sorry, what sequences? Oh, she's dreaming and and watching the the capturing of some of the kids. Yeah, yeah. I liked mm-hmm. how grainy it was. It was like film grain kind of stuff. Right. Um. It was. It was a little brain. Grain. I wasn't sure about like the 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 angry pinball guy. Um, oh when, yeah. When it goes through that whole thing, and you you see all of the dialogue that he's already given to Finney on the phone, mm-hmm. but you see that at the time he was talking to her, you know this this is it, where he's he's pointing out you know the the place 
and so it was it was a little weird to hear all that dialogue dialogue again but i i did kind of like that it recontextualized it so i was like yeah okay that works yeah it's almost like they're just echoes yeah Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the older they were, the more echoey they, echo, echoier they were as well. Mm-hmm. So that Robin was able to tell him, no, I'm going to teach you how to fight and here's how we're going to beat him. Right. The, the angry pinball guy was like, <laughs> no, I'm not trying to help you. I'm just trying to stick it to the other guy. So, <laughs> yeah, why are you doing this? Which was a pretty, yeah, that, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were, there were definitely a few jump scares in the movie, right? There's one that really got me the first time. Didn't get me when I went to it with you guys. The first time, like he turns around and there's a kid. A ghost kid standing there. Oh, um, mm. that that one got right. me pretty good, and oh. uh, and then like the floating corpse that's dripping blood. Um, but it was it was nice and eerie though the way like like she then pointed to the phone and then there was the thing where the spinning bottle all of a sudden pointed to like the the window <laughs> grate and stuff. It's, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. really cool. For some reason, the one where they're all on the street got me. And I felt I was actually mad because right. all the other ones didn't. And the fact that that one got me, I was like, man, I was going strong. Another jump scares got me. And then the super predictable one got me. Come yeah. on. That's when the sister's on the bike, right? Yeah. 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 Well, and that's how she finds the house, right? Mm-hmm. So they lead her to it. So I was like, they're, they're, they're fighting a two front war. <laughs> not a not two front war. They're just covering their bases, talking to the sister and the brother. Right. Well, and the, they, go, they go to the wrong house at first. Right. That's, that's where I lost it. It's like, oh my God, where is he? Yeah. Why, why are they here instead of where Finney is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, a, I mean, that's, uh, there's like so many like kind of cliche type things, but they, but they all work. Like it's, I don't, I don't know if this movie's really doing anything like original, but it's, yeah. it's, it's doing like a grade A version of of every trope it covers, basically. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. a good no. movie's a good movie. So, yeah. Uh, final thoughts, or should we rank them? Rank, rank them. All right, we'll start with Jonathan. The story. Movie. So you're just. Uh, yeah. I would definitely do the movie ahead of the story. I don't. I mean, the story's fine. Um, yeah. I don't particularly. I don't really have a problem with it, other than. And like, I think we're talking about, it is hard not to project once you've seen the movie. And then if like, mm-hmm. I read the story again, it was really hard not to, cause like, if I hadn't seen yeah. the movie, I don't know <laughs> that I would think that's weird. They mentioned the sister in that one little moment in the book, you know? Yeah. Uh, but after the fact, I'm just like, why is the sister in this story? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, right. but I mean, I, Joe Hill's a, a very, he's a fine writer. If you, if you like horror fiction and you, you haven't read Joe Hill, I, I recommend it. Um, but, uh, I definitely liked the, the movie a little better. Ethan? I'm also going to go movie. Okay. James? Ditto. Movie book. All right. Colin? I got to agree. All right. (laughs) I mean, you know, I love a canonical story and everything else. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But in general, I like more of a good thing. I I like Jurassic Park, Mm -hmm. the book, better than the movie because it it has more of that same story in it. You guys are like, no, 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 cut it for time. No, no, no. No, no, no. (laughs) In this case, yeah, we're talking about... 20 pages to two, you know, to 110 yeah. minutes. And it's, it's I, I just like addition. all the stuff they added, the movie added yeah. to it. I love it. Yeah. And like I said, I want, I wanted more at the end of the movie where right. at, in the story, in the, in the, in the short story, I'm done. And, and that's mm. the end of it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a clean sweep. I, I prefer the movie <laughs> to the story. I, I like the story just fine. And um, uh, Jonathan mentioned the title of the anthology that it's in 20th century ghosts. Which is available from fine book retailers. Although so. I will say now, I think they just—I think it's called Black Phone. Like they've just named yeah. the whole book Black Phone, like the or the <laughs> like the, the the trade paperbacks that are out now. Yep, but that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that, that's sure. the, you get some people to to pick one up that otherwise yep. might not have. We ought to pick up a novelization and see if it talks about the masks. Oh, that would be interesting because mm. I think there is a novelization, right? Yes. Okay, that would be interesting. Uh, I will do that one for April Fools next year. 
yeah. for, for read, <laughs> read me to your taker. <laughs> cool. Well, Jonathan, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, any contact info you want to give out about uh, Cinema Sins or yourself? Uh, I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Sam Loomis 13. I'm also on Letterboxd. I think you just type in my name, Jonathan Watkins, and you'll you'll find me. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, we've got Cinema Sins, TV Sins, Commercial Sins. We've got at least a video from one of those channels Monday through Friday. Uh, cool. We've got a couple podcasts, uh, Recotopia, and the one I'm on, uh, Behind the Sins. Might have a couple more coming in the near future, but... I can't really oh, say cool. anything else about that. But, uh, <laughs> Do you need me to delete that part of the podcast? <laughs> no, I didn't say names or anything. So I did but, uh, but yeah, no, just that's, that's where I'm at and what I'm doing. So nice. I think Ethan just followed you on letterbox. Yeah, I, d- I, I, I have letterbox <laughs> as well. Nice. So I went ahead and followed you. <laughs> nice. I, I will follow you back. I, I, t- I, I don't always check it right away, but I follow everybody back that follows me on letterbox. Sweet. So not as much on Twitter, but it's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Twitter can be a cesspool. So, and Ethan, thank you for doing this. Yes, of course. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. I, I think the the key here is if we want to get Ethan on the podcast, have him read something very, very short. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Are you saying the Enders cast is in jeopardy? Uh, I could do that. <laughs> we'll see. All right. All right. Well, uh, I think we're wrapped here. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, make sure to follow Jonathan if you want to follow him on in the various places. You can find us at Pavement Podcast. You can find me most of the time at Hugo's Podcast on Twitter. And... Um, and if you want to hear more from Jonathan, you can listen to our episode for the um, Body Snatchers Body remakes. April 2021, mm-hmm. episode 102. Nice. nice. And <laughs> also, he was on my pod, my other podcast, Hugo's goes there, uh, for A Stranger in a Strange Land, which was, that was good stuff. So, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Ciao. All right. Uh, I will. Do you not want to bless us? Oh, it's a horror movie. You I forgot to, to do us. that. No, we, oh. we do. We have to mix religion with horror, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the modification of the Dirty Irish F. blessing for, for our podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right. So may the road rise up to meet you and may the book always fall open to where you left off. Now we say bye, everybody. And may not the creepy man in a van snatch you. Right. And, yeah. and grab beware. you. <laughs> Let the eggs roll. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't grab the hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool.